You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, Brain, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of an extended break and not quite a bye week or I guess a mini bye for the Miami Dolphins you got to spend a little time what did you do with your Sunday since the Dolphins weren't playing football well uh we did have I believe there was a a heat game on Sunday uh so we had we had heat well that was on Sunday right game that was, uh, game that was Sunday night game six yeah, against yeah. the Boston Celtics yeah so uh I got to watch some Miami Heat basketball in the daytime, though. You know, slept in, had a good meal, hung out with the wifey, and just uh, you know, kind of eased into the day. Kind of kept an eye on my my fantasy team or whatever. But you know, I got away from football a little bit. I like uh, the idea that sleeping in, had a nice meal, hanging out with your wife. These are things that cannot happen if the Dolphins are playing. Well. She's not a big football fan, so they, I mean the sleeping in part can kind of happen a little bit, but you you know when your wife isn't a big football fan and you got a game at one o'clock, then what you've got to do is you've got to schedule that time prior to the game as you know you know wifey time. So you're uh, you're, you're not sleeping until you know ten eleven o'clock and 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 then just like. You know, doing your doing your thing, you're you're getting up a little bit earlier so you can, you know, spend quality time. What a what a privileged life you have not having children. Because in our house, we're awake at seven o'clock at the latest with these kids we got in the house. And then, well, my wife is in fact a football fan. Except she's not from South Florida. She is from the capital of Washington State, Olympia, Washington, and she is a lifelong Seattle Seahawks fan. So this week has been particularly interesting, and this Sunday is going to be particularly interesting. It's always um, a wild adventure when the Dolphins play the Seahawks, and I've got a, you know, she was a season ticket holder for the Seahawks back in the day. Her mother is still a season ticket holder, and, and now she is, uh, she's still a Seahawks fan, and she is still putting the kids in Seahawks clothes whenever possible. I'm always trying to get in a word edgewise and trying to make sure that our three-year-old knows that the Dolphins really should be his team, 
even though the Seahawks are a much better football team at the moment than the Miami Dolphins. But regardless, I'm trying Has to- Has he sworn his allegiances yet? He has not sworn any allegiances yet. Thank, thankfully, he hasn't sworn at all at this point, which is good. But, you know, it, we'll, we'll see how many times, how many Sundays is he going to get through before he starts picking up on something. Has he quoted a Manscaped promo yet? He has not yet quoted uh, a Manscaped promo. He has um, recorded uh, a thing for the DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast. I don't know uh, how often Mike plays it, but he did, uh, we did, he did make a little mailbag jingle thing for, for uh, the DolphinsTalk.com daily show. So that's something that he's done, but talented. Yeah. yeah. He, he all, he always, sometimes when he'll be sitting around the house and he'll just be like, DolphinsTalk.com. And he says it with his <laughs> three year old voice. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool little guy. He's learning. He gets it. He sees the same old dolphin show and he goes, Oh, that's Uncle Iron the Brain. So he knows what's going on. He knows a thing or two. He's just, you know, we're, we're, Going slowly, but I th- we're laying the roots. It's the laying the foundation. He's he's going to be a dolphin fan, I think. And you know, by the time he really is old enough to really start caring, hopefully that's where the dolphins are really going to be hitting their stride as an organization and winning five or six Super Bowls in a row. So it's uh, you know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But anyway, I'll take one. I'll take one. Yeah, I would I would take one too. It's just like uh, you know, one championship is is great. I don't need, listen, I mean, yes, I would love them to win multiple championships, but if we win one, that's great. At this point, if we could win a playoff game, that would be great. Playoffs? Playoffs, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. We're going to get, we're going to get into this upcoming Sunday's game, but as the Dolphins are coming home on a, on a one game winning streak after their victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are going to take on the Seattle Seahawks at home at Hard Rock Stadium. And we're going to break it down here on this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. But before we do that, we're going to encourage you, as we always do, to follow us on Twitter. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's A-A-Ron the Brain. I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can go to Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Give us a like over there. And everywhere that you can get podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, we invite you to subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show. And if you haven't done so already, leave us a positive rating. Leave us a review. We really appreciate those of you who have done that and those of you who are going to do that. And quite frankly, even if you don't do that, if you're listening to the podcast, We appreciate you. And finally, every episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show is available on DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure you visit DolphinsTalk.com each and every day to stay up to date on all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. So brain, the Miami Dolphins are coming home and boy, it's been a brutal start to the season as far as The competition is concerned, the game against Jacksonville notwithstanding. At this point in time, teams, the Miami Dolphins, have played in this season. uh, At this point, are a combined 7-3 and are their records. So it's been um, a pretty rough start for the Dolphins, and it's not getting any easier as the 3-0 Seattle Seahawks come to town, a team that looks very much like they are among the 
most elite teams in the National Football League. So let's take a look at both sides of the ball and what the Dolphins are going to need to do to win this game. And I think we should start, Brain, um, on the side of the ball where I think the Dolphins are going to face their toughest challenge for this game. And that's on the defensive side of the ball. Because what we've seen right now is that the Seahawks are on a historically good start to the season. I mean, just putting up monster scores. I think they're averaging something like 32.3 points a game or something like that in the first three games of the season. They're putting up monster numbers. They are letting Russell Wilson cook. He is throwing touchdown passes all over the place. He is He's just almost completely unstoppable right now. And the Dolphins are going to have their hands full, particularly because it looks like Byron Jones is not going to be fit to play in this game. And what we know is that the Seattle Seahawks with TJ Lockett and DK Metcalf have two elite weapons at wide receiver who are on the field almost all of the time. And while the Seahawks running game might be taking a step back, uh, Chris Carson was the victim of a horrible, nasty tackle. It wasn't even a tackle. It was just a dirty play by a Dallas Cowboy last Sunday and uh, sprained his knee. It looked at one point really much worse than it ended up being. But uh, his status is unknown this Sunday. Even if Chris Carson can't go, Carlos Hyde is still, uh, you know, nothing to nothing to turn your nose up at because he is a pretty good running back that still ran for a thousand yards last year for the Houston Texans, and he's going to be the guy getting the bulk of the carries if Carson can't go, and they're going to compliment him with uh, Travis Homer making a triumphant return to Hard Rock Stadium to uh, to take some carries in that backfield. But this is a team, a Seahawks team, that is really this year shifted away from running the ball as their primary mode of moving the ball offensively. And this year really letting Russell Wilson just do what he wants through the air. And we didn't even talk about the great tight ends that they have over there with Hollister and Disley and Greg Olson. I mean, this Seattle offense is loaded, Brain. It, it's it's a talented offense, but really it's it's Russell Wilson and it's those two receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, uh, who are both extremely fast and extremely dangerous down the field as receivers. Uh, I think DK Metcalf right now is second in the league in yards per reception and uh, either first or second in the league in, uh, catches, uh, uh, where the ball is thrown, where the pass is thrown more than 20 yards downfield. And Tyler Lockett was in the top 10 in those categories last year. Uh, so these are two extremely dangerous receivers. And Russell Wilson is absolutely on fire right now. He's thrown <laughs> nearly as many touchdowns as he has inc- incomplete passes at this point, which is just astonishing uh, at any point in the season, let alone three weeks into the season. Uh, he's just playing on a whole other level. He's your early front runner for MVP of the league. Uh, and he's just really earning that, that mega deal that he got uh, just, uh, what, a, a season ago or two seasons ago. Uh, just truly an elite, elite quarterback in this league. That said... Look, the, the, how do the Dolphins defend them? That's, that's going to be the question because look, the, in week one, 
the Dolphins' corners didn't really get tested. Uh, the Patriots were content to just run the ball, and then they really attacked the middle of the field with their passing game, going after the Dolphins' linebackers and safeties, really the linebackers, uh, you know, with Cam Newton hitting Julian Edelman over, in, you know, in the slot time and time again. In week two, the Dolphins got their test against two speedy receivers in Stefan Diggs and John Brown and also Cole Beasley in the slot. And the Dolphins made the decision that they were going to man up on those guys and they were going to play man press coverage. And it was a rough day at the office for, well, obviously Byron Jones got hurt on the first, on the first drive. And then Noah Igbenogany had a just really brutal time with Stefan Diggs. Uh, the following game last week, now they go up against Jacksonville and DJ Chark, the Jags, you know, biggest downfield threat doesn't play in the game. And, uh, you're just going up against, you know, Chanel and Keelan Cole and Didi Westbrook and the Dolphins secondary played much better. Now, granted, they also adjusted the way that they defended. They played a lot more, uh, zone coverage. They played a lot softer on the outside. They made a concerted effort to not give up the big plays, to drop back in coverage, keep things in front of them, and then make tackles. And it worked. But it worked against the Jaguars. Will it work? against Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. That remains to be seen. But that said, given the struggles that Noah Igbenogany had uh, in Week 2 against Stefan Diggs, and knowing that Byron Jones is more than likely going to miss this game as he is listed as doubtful, I think the Dolphins... Look, you're going to mix up coverages against any good quarterback. You're going to need to mix up what you do. But I think predominantly, they're going to need to be playing a, a softer zone in this in this game to try to limit big plays. And uh, what that means is, is it's going to put an onus on a couple of things. It's going to put an onus, first and foremost, on tackling, uh, you know, it, if, if they're dropping into deep coverage and they're, and they're going in with the game plan of keeping everything in front, you got to tackle. Uh, when, when the, when the Seahawks, when Russell Wilson dumps it off for a, a five or six yard route, you need to stop them for a five or six yard gain. That five or six yard route can't turn into a 10, 12, 15 yard reception. And that just comes down to tackling. The second thing is, is when you're playing in that softer zone and you're dropping not just your corners back in coverage, but you're playing your safeties deep in coverage, your linebackers are getting a little bit deeper in coverage, it can make you susceptible to the ground game. And this is where I think the game can be won or lost. Look, Russell Wilson is going to make some plays. Those receivers are going to make some plays. But if the Dolphins play the defense that they want to play, they're going to limit the amount of downfield shots that that Seattle can take. Unless Seattle can force Miami out of that defense, and the way that they would do that is by running the football. Chris Carson was a, was limited all week, questionable, but he was a full participant 
on Friday, so it does appear that he's going to play. I think that's huge. I think he's a huge upgrade in comparison to Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer. I would not be worried at all about those guys, but that said, the Seahawks are not known for having a great offensive line. Uh, that, that, that makes this to me the, the sleeper matchup, really, because everybody is going to come into this game and they're going to say the matchup is Russell Wilson and these receivers versus the Dolphins secondary. But I think the Dolphins are going to come in with the game plan of we're going to go all out to defend and keep the big play away. And that's going to put the onus on the defensive line and the linebackers to stop the run. And if they can't stop the run, that's going to put them in a really tough position because at that point, it becomes pick your poison, and that's where Seattle becomes extremely difficult to defend. So I think that is where this game is going to be won and lost for this defense, at least on that side of the ball. It's going to be... Can the Dolphins stop the run? If the Dolphins can stop the run, I think they've got a shot to at least contain, because you're not going to stop Russell Wilson, but they have a chance to at least contain Seattle's high-powered offense. I think we're going to get a little more Andrew Van Ginkle in this game. Uh, I don't think, I don't know. Um, I think if we're, if we're ahead and we're blitzing, you know, and we're, we, we've got them in situations where it's third and long, you know, you'll see Van Ginkle. I think that's his role on this team. Uh, but, you know, and, and maybe you see him in, in some coverage, uh, you know, plays. But I, I don't know. I think he's a sub-package linebacker at this point. I think he fills a specific role. I think he does some things well, specifically as a pass rusher. But uh, I, I don't think he's going to get reps over Kamu Gruje hill who had a phenomenal game last week. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of this defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him. It, they, listen, and we, it, this didn't even, we didn't even talk about the fact that Russell Wilson is that kind of moving target quarterback that the Dolphins have struggled with so much in the past. You know, he, and, and Wilson has been relying more on and his arm, but he's another one of those guys who will scramble around and try to make the play and try to keep the play alive. And so if the Dolphins can figure out a way to contain him in that regard, uh, you know, like you said, I think there's there is an opportunity there. So the the hope is that the Dolphins can play some tight defense and keep things neat and clean. Speaking of keeping things neat and clean, have you heard about Manscaped? Manscaped is going to keep you neat and clean down below. You know, and, and this is a rumor, so this isn't this isn't a fact that I am aware of. It's it's something that I've heard. But you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a big beard, and you know, we 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 saw in the post game interview. Uh, after the Thursday night game, he's got a big chest full of hair. He's a very manly man. Um, and he's got, you know, just hair everywhere up top. But uh, my understanding is that down low, I, you know, it may be just a rumor, but but Ryan Fitzpatrick is, likes to keep things neat and clean. And I, it may or may not be true that he likes to uh, keep things neat and clean using Manscaped particularly the Lawnmower 3.0. That is a big, powerful device that is going to help you, gentlemen, 
keep things neat and clean below the belt. You know what I'm talking about here, fellas. And once you've used that lawnmower 3.0, you need to get things you want to get. You want to get into the detail work. You want to get into all the nooks and crannies. You need a little extra refinement. That's where the Plow 2.0 comes in because it's going to help you get all those little details, get into those hard-to-reach places and help you keep things neat and clean. That's right. And then after you've made things neat and clean, you're going to use the crop mop to wipe down your boys because it's very important that your boys are wiped down and taken care of, especially when they're neat and clean. And once they're neat and clean, you got to make sure they smell good. So you got to use the ball toner and the ball deodorant because then you're neat and clean and you smell good. And honestly, what could possibly be better than that? To tell you the truth, there is something. And that is saving 20% off of your first order from Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. That's the promo code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. You're going to save 20% off of your first order. You'll get free shipping And then on top of all of that, you're going to be neat and clean and smell good below the waist. What could be better than that, Brain? Absolutely nothing. And Ryan Fitzpatrick will tell you himself, his wife is not a fan of the beard, but, you know, he gets away with it. But down low, I guess he doesn't get away with it. It's just a rumor, but we think that she likes it neat and clean. And she likes when it smells good. So, listen, fellas, if you listen, it's it's NBA Finals time. A lot of you that listen to this are probably Heat fans. If somebody's gonna be down in the low post, you wanna make sure you're neat and clean and smell good. So go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Dolphins Dolphins Talk, excuse me, use the promo code promo code dolphins talk to save 20% off of your first order and get free shipping that's manscaped.com promo code dolphins talk d o l p h i n s t a l k brain if there was an opening in this game for the dolphins to make an impact against the seattle seahawks it's when the dolphins have the ball And the Seahawks are on defense. Through the first three games of this season, Seattle is giving up an average of 497.3 yards per game. They have allowed 1,492 total yards through the first three games of the season. That is the second worst defensive output as far as yards go through the first three games of a season in NFL history. Do you know what the all-time worst defensive showing as far as yards is for the first three games in an NFL season? Is it last year's Dolphins? It is the 2019 Miami Dolphins. And what so what is incredible is that the Seahawks have given up almost as many yards as the Dolphins did in those three games, but their offense has been so dynamite Uh, scoring 37 points a game, that they've managed to still start 3-0. 
But this is a team that has that 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 has been pretty soft defensively. And now with Jamal Adams and Dunbar being out for the game on Sunday, there is an opportunity for the Miami Dolphins to move the ball. And what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is that the Dolphins offense has begun to click just a little bit. Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting to find some connections with Devontae Parker. He's inv- he's really starting to develop a good relationship with Mike Kosicki when it comes to making connections. They're, they're getting Jakeem Grant involved and Miles Gaskin is getting involved as well. So there is a good possibility that the Dolphins, I think, can can move the football and score some points against this Seattle defense. What I think is going to help the Dolphins and give them the best chance to win is the Dolphins need to put together methodical, slow-moving offensive possessions. The Dolphins need to be putting together 14 and 15 play touchdown drives against this Seattle defense. Of course, the Seattle defense is prone to giving up big plays, so that makes it difficult to do a methodical drive when you can put up, pull off these big plays. But if the Dolphins can can keep the ball, keep possession, and shorten the game that keeps Seattle's offense off of the field, and then they can make sure they finish drives, I think there's an opening here for maybe not to get the win, but to certainly be in this game late into the fourth quarter. I, I, look. I'm not picking, I mean, spoiler alert, but uh, there's an opportunity here for the Dolphins to get the upset. The, the There are a lot of things that are going the Dolphins' way going into this game. It's the West Coast to East Coast thing. It's the, the fact that it is a home game, uh, that the Dolphins have had a really good home field advantage uh, historically uh, at Hard Rock Stadium. It's the fact that the Seattle Seahawks are coming in extremely banged up. The fact that they're, they are especially banged up in the secondary where they were already kind of weak to begin with. There are opportunities here for the Dolphins to, to move the ball and it's going to be through the air. The question is, can they put together consistent drives against the Seattle defense and can they get a, a, a rhythm going on the ground? Uh, they, you know, where they've been choppy, where they were choppy in the first two weeks is that even when they kind of got the passing game going, there was a lot of inconsistency on the ground game. I felt like last week, part of what really made the offense click was that you weren't just relying on Ryan Fitzpatrick making every throw. And even though, you know, that was huge and it was a big part of what they did, but they found ways to, to run the ball. And it was in, you know, Miles Gaskin did a nice job, but it was also Ryan Fitzpatrick doing, you know, finding ways to get rushing yards. The Seattle Seahawks, as bad as their defense has been, and it's been historically bad, just as you were just explaining. They're only giving up three yards per rushing attempt. And that is, uh, that kind of plays into the, the rest of the story there with the Seattle defense because they've been stopping the run and the offense has been putting up these points 
And so they're play, they're getting out to these big leads and it's forcing the other teams to abandon, abandon their running game and have to throw. Now they're doing so and Seattle's not stopping them. And that's huge. And that's, uh, that is legitimate. And it's, it's a weakness of theirs. Uh, especially without Jamal Adams there, uh, there, there is certainly going to be, uh, look, I don't know that they have anybody that could cover Devontae Parker. I don't know that they could cover Preston Williams. I think uh, if Jakeem Grant has a golden opportunity to really attack the deep uh, part of the field against the, this secondary, because even though Seattle likes to play a soft cover three, uh, I just don't trust their, their safeties. And so I think Jakeem Grant could get behind them. And then ultimately... They definitely don't have anybody that could cover Mike Gesicki. So there are mismatches all over the field in the passing game. But again, similarly to how when Seattle has the ball and or sim- and Miami uh, might be a little bit overmatched because of the talent of Seattle's wide receivers and the talent of Russell Wilson, when Miami's got the ball, Seattle can, you know, play a very similar strategy and say, look, we're not going to give up the big play. We're going to make the Dolphins have to earn it and go 10, 12 plays down the field. And I agree with you entirely. That's the formula here. You want that ball control. The fact is, though, you got to do it. It's easier said than done. It's very difficult in the NFL to consistently put together 10, 12, 15 play drives that end in touchdowns. And that's what Seattle is going to bank on in this game. And if Miami can't run the ball, because Seattle has had a very good run defense, if Miami can't run the ball, then uh, I think you're going to put yourself into spots where you're playing into Seattle's hands defensively, where they're able to drop all those guys into coverage and they're able to account for the weaknesses that they would otherwise have in the secondary. Another big storyline coming into this game while talking about the Dolphins needing to get a run game going is that Solomon Kinley ended up on the injury report on Friday uh, with a foot injury. It appears that he got injured in in practice. He's listed as questionable now for the game. So we don't know if Solomon Kindley is going to play. He has been a huge part of any of really not just the running game, but of of the pass protection for this Dolphins offensive line. This Dolphins offensive line, which has been surprisingly good through the first three weeks, if he doesn't play, there's now a big question mark there. Do they slide Jesse Davis inside? Do they simply uh, play Robert Hunt? Do do they not want to play Robert Hunt at guard because they've mostly been playing him at tackle? Maybe that you know means that they put in uh, either Adam Pankey or Michael Dieter. We don't really know because this is so last minute. We really just, I mean, you're going to have to wait until Sunday to really, I, I guess when you, when you see the actives and inactive to see what the plan is there. And even when you see that, you're probably not going to know until the starting lineup is, is announced. Yeah. And, and losing Kindley is one of those areas where. One of the areas where I think the Dolphins actually match up really well with the Seahawks is the fact that the Seahawks have no real pass rush, so to speak. 
And this this year, they've had real problems getting pressure on the quarterback and, and losing Solomon Kindley would potentially, you know, potentially weakens that offensive line. And, uh, you know, it's particularly in a place where you would really think the Dolphins have an advantage over Seattle. And so hopefully he's able to come through and he's able to play on Sunday. Uh, losing him would be a, a blow to this Dolphins offense. So before we get to our predictions, Brain, we, as always, ask the listeners for their hot takes. So are you ready to hear some uh, the one hot take from a bunch of our listeners? Let me have it. Here we go. Uh, first one comes from Ghost of Marino. Uh, Dante says, hot take, if they, ha- if they hold gap integrity on the D-line and bracket cover lock it in the slot, they should win this game. Okay. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Raptor Blood 13 says, a healthy Byron Jones comes back strong and picks off Russ twice and leads us to victory. Hashtag fins up. Well, well I don't know prob- if that, that one's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that one is doubtful. Austin Dobbins says, historically, Russell Wilson plays worse in the rain. Sunday afternoon at Hard Rock Stadium, it is raining and the Miami Dolphins win 15 to 10. I know Ooh, it's a I stretch, it. but it sounds fun. Lol. Uh, let's see here. Um, Fintucky Headhunters, Fintucky Kyle says Dolphins allow zero sacks. I think, uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty good one. I mean, maybe not the hottest take against this lack of Seattle pass rush, but I like it. Um, oh, oh boy. At Craig W. Jordan says hold them under 40 points and it will be a moral victory. Yikes. That's, that's 2019. Yeah, seriously. Uh, here we go. At Cuban Lou says, if a real God exists, we will win. If not, all in on Satan. <laughs> oh, Cuban <Next>. Lou. <laughs> what a take. Uh, at Dolphins Talk, Mike, he says, Miles Gaskin rushes for over 100 yards Sunday versus Seattle. Hashtag fins up. Mike, Mike is riding Miles Gaskin. He's got a lot of love for Miles Gaskin. I love Miles Gaskin too, and uh, I I think he's going to be he potentially a star here. If he runs for a hundred yards in this game, the Dolphins are winning. Yes, it all ends with uh, Seattle has the ball on their own five, and Jerome Baker picks six, and he runs around like AJ Dewey. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Finn Fan Washington says it's going to be so hot the sprinklers make a comeback. Scorching hot take. Here we go. Uh, the Navarone Gun says Gasicki and Parker each get 100 yards receiving. Could see that. All right. And let's see. X gets two interceptions, says Mercenova. Let's see. Good stuff here. Oh, how about this one from at Eric Sloss, 1383. Says, shootout we haven't seen since Marino O'Brien days. 38-35 fins. Pretty good. Pretty good. 100-yard game from Gasicki, says Steam Powder Air. And uh, let's see. Oh, Chris Schemek says, Devontae Parker stat line, seven catches, 115 yards, two touchdowns. Dolphin 1905 coming through. As usual, we got to get somebody has to say it. Tua makes his debut. <laughs> Tua might not even suit up. Yeah, I, yeah, it's true. He's been sick with non-COVID-related illness. 
And look at this, look at this prediction here from, from Jews, 1440. One hot take, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Noah Igbenogany, and Eric Rowe will all have one interception, and Kyle Van Noy and Jerome Baker will each have one sack. Hashtag fins up. Hashtag doubtful. Yeah, and then finally, our, let's see, our last one is coming from True Thick DS3Z. Two picks, three sacks, one fumble. Dolphins with the comeback late in the fourth. I'm a dreamer. There we go. Those that's your one hot take from the a lot many. Of, a lot of positivity. Oh, listen, we asked for a hot take, and the hot take would have to be that the Dolphins would win this game. I mean, because predicting the Dolphins lose to the Seahawks would not be a very hot take. Fair enough. Fair enough. So speaking of predictions, why don't we make one right here, Brain? I'll, I'll let you go first. What happens? The Dolphins host the Seahawks on Sunday. What's the prediction gonna be? I got to be honest, like coming into the season, like this was a game that was for sure a loss to me uh, after the way we played the first two games. Th- there was pretty much nothing that the Dolphins could do against Jacksonville that would convince me otherwise. Uh, so it's kind of weird, but I'm sitting here and I really am feeling kind of good about this game from the Dolphins perspective. And it's just... It's it's a matchup thing. It's an intangibles thing. It's the way the Dolphins looked last week, but more so than anything else, it's the the fact that the the Seahawks are so banged up coming into this game and coming off of uh two really big wins against teams that are considered Super Bowl contenders and now they're coming on coming to the road in Miami against a team that the national media really hasn't given much respect to. And I'm not saying that Seattle necessarily isn't going to respect the Dolphins, but let's be honest, there's not going to be the same amount of energy there when you're getting ready to play a team like New England that has been the benchmark of success in this league for 20 years. And then you're playing Dallas, who is America's team and is considered a Super Bowl contender, and then all of a sudden you're playing the one and two Dolphins. Uh, it's, it's gonna be a different kind of energy. The fact that they're, that they're banged up, I really feel like the Dolphins have a shot in this game. That said, look, I went out on a limb and, and said that the Dolphins would beat the Patriots, although logic would have, you know, told me otherwise, and the Dolphins, that game ended up, you know, kind of being close, but it was kind of not, it, it was not as close as the score would allow you to believe. And I, I think where I'm at with this team is I'm still at that cautiously optimistic phase, but I'm not ready to just, you know, say that the Dolphins can beat a team like Seattle uh, until they prove that they can beat a team like Seattle. So I think the Dolphins hang with them. I think this is a close game. The last five times that these two teams have met, the game has gone down to the final possession. And in in a lot of those games, well, maybe not a lot of those games, but the last few, certainly, uh, the Seahawks were a Super Bowl contending team. So the Dolphins have 
have played the Seahawks tough, even when the Seahawks have had their best teams and the Dolphins really haven't. I think this is going to be a close game, but in the end, I'm still going to pick the Seahawks to get the job done. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I've got the Seahawks winning this one 35-30. to Pretty good prediction. As for me, I, I look at this game, and this is one of those classic examples of the way the Dolphins win this game is they have to play their very best game from start to finish. It has to be a, a, a perfect, if not near perfect, performance from the Dolphins. They can't afford to make any mistakes. They've got to play a complete and just about pitch perfect game. And then on top of that, they have to hope that Seattle doesn't. And if that is the way it plays out, that gives them the opportunity to win this game. There are opportunities there. There are things the Dolphins can do to to win this game. But you know, it's a lot of them, and it's a bunch of things that have to go right, and every single one of them is going to have to go that way for the Dolphins to get the win. I don't know if it's going to happen that way, I, 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 and just like you, I don't think I'm in a place where I can predict that, that that's what's going to happen until the Dolphins prove to us that they can. I think a win in this game would mean a lot for this Dolphins, this franchise, this fan base, but I just don't know if they're at that point yet. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to win. I think they're going to score a lot of points. And I think at some point the lead is going to get just a little bit too big. The Dolphins are going to try to make that late comeback, but they're just going to fall a little bit short. I see Seattle winning this one 37-31. And that is going to wrap us up on this preview edition of the Same Old Dolphin Show. Brain, anything else you want to say before we uh, head out of here? No, I'm ready to head out of here and watch what will hopefully be a redemption game for the Miami Heat in Game 2 of the NBA Finals. I, I It would be great if that was the case. I am not holding my breath because, uh, you know, just listen, we all saw Game 1. It wasn't pretty, and the Heat have now, you know, are without Goran Dragic, without Bam out of bio. Myers Leonard is on the court right now for the Miami Heat. It's uh, it's going to take a lot. Going to take a lot. Again, talk about you need to play a perfect game and hope the other team does not. That's the heat, and they need it to happen four times against... Culture, baby. Culture. Heat culture. Let's see if they can make it happen. Uh, we'll catch you all after the game on Sunday, probably uh, Sunday evening. We will record our wrap-up show and, and get our thoughts to you on that game. In the meantime, everybody, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!